This morning we're in this great little passage in Colossians chapter 3. And I love the book, uh, I love this letter to the Colossians, and you're going to hear in a little bit uh, why. But we're in the middle of the sermon series now called Busy. Last week we talked about how the cares of life, the pleasures of life, and our, our care for money can actually choke out the Word of God. We heard this parable of Jesus, that there are different kinds of soil, and different people are different kinds of soil, and the Word of God is like seed that gets planted into our hearts. And some of us, and I would argue most of us, are like this soil that he describes that has thorns in it. That as the Word of God takes root and grows up, these thorny weeds actually choke out the Word of God. And as we were heading out of, you know, kind of on the back end of this COVID pandemic, what I've noticed is a lot of people are very quick to get back involved in all the different things and have all the same kind of cares and concerns and worries that they did before COVID. But really, before COVID, I don't know if you remember, but we were all exhausted and kind of miserable, to be completely honest. We were all too busy, spread too thin, too tired. And this summer, it seems like we're all anxious to just jump right back into that, that same exhaustion and busyness and hurry. And we hear from Jesus that there's another way to live, a way to live that is unhurried, a way to live that is unanxious. And actually, one of the gifts of Jesus is to take away our anxieties and to give us peace. And so we're talking about how to find that peace, how to cultivate the peace of Christ in our hearts, and how to cultivate this unhurried kind of life without sacrificing all the things uh, that we enjoy doing. Because a lot of those things are really good. Our jobs are important. Our hobbies are important. But there's a way that we can do this. There's a way that we can live our lives and be involved in things that isn't anxiety-inducing, that doesn't cause hurry in our hearts, but actually a way that we can have peace and an abundant life in the midst of that. And so we're talking about this letter to the Colossians. And one of the big themes that we're going to see here in a minute is the, one of the big themes of Colossians is that there are some things that we put on and some things that we take off. That's one of the main, that's one of the big themes in Colossians is taking things off and putting things on. And it reminded me of this story when I was in high school. I think I was maybe a junior in high school. Uh, some friends and I were taking a trip down to Oklahoma and we were going to camp down there for this event that we were going to. We were there for three or four days. I can't remember exactly what it was, but we were, uh, my, my buddy had, he got this new tent. And so we were practicing setting it up, making sure that we had everything we needed. And we had this conversation about the rain fly, which, you know, tents are made out of mesh, so the wind can blow through them, so you can kind of get some air moving through the tent. And many of them come with a tarp that you kind of set, you can tie over that thing, so that if it rains, you don't get rain in the tent. We were having this conversation, we were driving his dad's uh, little little car, we didn't have a whole lot of room, and I'm pretty sure at my urging, we, we were looking at the weather, there wasn't supposed to be any rain, and I think at my urging, we decided we're not going to bring the rain fly, right? We're going to leave it home. And I'm sure that you can see where this is going. So we get down there, we get, out of, we get outside of Oklahoma City, we go to the campground, we pitch our tent, and sure enough, the three days that we were there, it stormed every single night that we were there. And so we were sitting, laying, sleeping in standing water in our tent. That was a moment we really, really needed to put something on, right? There was something that we really needed to put on, but we decided to take off. And it ruined our weekend for us. It made it very, very difficult. There are some things that we put on and some things that we take off. And that's what we're going to hear here in this letter to the Colossians. And this is what Paul says, beginning in verse 5. Put to death, take off, that's that put off, 
Put to death, therefore, whatever in you is earthly, fornication, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which is idolatry. So we have this taking off language. If we jump down to verse 8, we see it again. But now you must get rid. You see that? Take off. Get rid of all such things. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive language from your mouth. And here we see it again. Do not lie to one another, as he continues, seeing that you have stripped off the old self. We're taking this off. With its practices and have clothed, put on, yourselves with the new self. You see this pattern. There are some things that Paul commands to take off. Anger, malice, slander, all these things. And we put on something, we clothe ourselves with the new self. If we jump down to verse 12, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Above all, he continues in verse 14, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. He has this pattern all through this. We didn't go through the whole thing. We had this pattern of take off, put on, take off, put on. And finally, he says, put on the new self. And he says, put on love. And then he ends with this phrase, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. This is Paul beginning his final phrase. This is like the meaning of it all. So it's the last thing that he's going to address in this section. He says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in the one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teach and admonish one another in all wisdom, and with gratitude in your hearts, sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. Take off malice, envy, slander, all of these things. Put on love, compassion, kindness, and ultimately, let the peace of Christ rule your hearts. That's the, that's the, the top thing we ought to put on. Let the peace of Christ rule your hearts. And he continues, let the word of God, Christ dwell within you richly. So he's, he's ramping this up now. Teach and admonish one another in all wisdom. And with gratitude in your hearts, sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. There are things we take off, actions we take off, and actions that we put on. And this final one, teach and admonish one another and sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. What does that sound like to you? What we're doing right here, right? That's what we're doing right here. We're fulfilling this passage. We're gathering together. We're hearing the teaching and admonition, primarily from Pastor Ben and I, but I know that you all go out there and you talk after the service. You go in the atrium and you tell each other what's going on in your lives. I know that spiritual conversations happen out there too. That you teach and admonish one another from the word of the Lord out there. And we gather together in here, and we sing songs, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. This is one of the things that we're told to put on. This is one of the great things that we can do together to put on all these things. And there's a couple more, too. This first phrase, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, that's the scriptures, right? The word of God, the word of Christ, as he speaks to us. That, we find that in the scriptures, too, don't we? So reading scriptures and hearing scriptures is actually a great way to let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. And there's actually a third way. 
Paul doesn't mention it here, but it's all throughout the scriptures, and that's prayer. By praying to God, by coming to him with your cares and concerns, your worries, that's a way that you can respond to and let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Put on these things. Put on compassion, love, put on prayer, put on scripture, and put on worship. Gathering together, hearing the word, and singing songs. So these three things, prayer, scripture, and worship are what I want to talk about today. Are these three things. And I like to call these things the soup line. That's what I call them. So imagine that we're all homeless people. We're all beggars. We're all hungry. We don't have any food. And a soup kitchen says, hey, soup is hot and ready at 7 o'clock. All you have to do is show up. Show up to the soup kitchen and you'll get fed. And so what do you do if you're hungry, if you're homeless, if you're a beggar? You show up at the soup kitchen, right? And you get the hot soup. If you don't show up to the soup kitchen, what happens? You die of hunger, don't you? God has promised in the scriptures that he will meet us in prayer. He will meet us by hearing and reading the word of God. And he will meet us in scripture. These are the soup lines, folks. These are the places that God has said, without a doubt, you will meet me here. Now, we can hear from God in all sorts of places in our lives. We can hear God out in, uh, out in creation. We can hear God at our work. But there are three places that God promises, without a doubt, every time you do them, he's there. And he's speaking to you, and he's giving you his promises. That's in prayer, scripture, and worship. These are the three things that God has said, this is the soup line. Hot and ready. You want, you want peace? You want joy? You want thanksgiving? You want the peace of Jesus Christ? Prayer, scripture, and worship. That's where you can get them. It's hot and ready. The soup's ready for you. Just come in and get them. So these are the practices that actually work against all these other practices that Paul talks about. The anger and the malice and the jealousy and all of these things. Prayer, scripture, and worship are the ways that we work against these things. Another way to think about it, you know, we talked about the parable of the sower last week with the thorny weeds choking out the word of God. These three things, prayer, scripture, and worship, it's kind of like weeding the garden. It's going in and it's pulling out the weeds so that the word of God can flourish. And then Paul gives this last final statement here in verse 17. And whatever you do in word or deed, because we may pray, read scripture, and go to worship, but that's not the only thing we do, right? We have careers, we have families, we have hobbies, we have all these things that we do. And so Paul says, whatever you do then, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So we have this letting the word of Christ dwell in us through prayer, scripture, and worship, and then we are sent out, whatever we do, Whatever it is that we do, in word or deed, we are to do all of it in the name of Jesus. So this is the principle. Do everything in the name of Jesus. What I think this scripture is asking us to do, this putting on, or you know, taking off and putting on this language that we see, what I think it's asking us to do is take an audit of our life. What I think it's asking us to do is to think through our own lives and think, what am I putting on? And what am I taking off? 
Am I putting on the right things? Am I taking off the right things? And why do I do what I do? Do I really do it all in the name of the Lord? Or do I do it for myself? And so as we look at the landscape of our lives, we might find some hard things. We might find that really God and his promises are not the organizing principle of our lives. We don't organize our life around prayer, scripture, and worship. Really, maybe we organize ourselves around our lives around our career. And we think, if I just work a little bit harder, if I work harder than my coworkers, then I'll get that promotion, I'll get that raise, and finally we can get, you know, we can feel that security, we can put more into our retirement, and before we know it, we're spending three, four, five evenings a week away from our family, where we can't pray with them, we can't read scripture with them, and we don't go to worship with them. Because our career has become the organizing principle of our life. And all these other things kind of fall off to the side. Or maybe our, ho- our hobbies, our activities, are the organizing principle of our lives. We have that event or this tournament or that social club that we organize our lives around. And before we know it, we're not really spending time in, in prayer. We're not really spending time in scripture. And we're missing lots of Sundays because we have to travel to go do this and go do that and go do this other thing. And before we know it, the word of God is not the organizing principle of our life anymore. So we need to take an audit of ourselves. We need to think through, why am I doing what I'm doing? And what am I putting on that maybe I don't need to be putting on? And then we're surprised when we're anxious. We're surprised when we feel hurried. We're surprised when things, we feel like we don't have peace. We live a life without peace. But we haven't spent time in prayer. We haven't heard or read the scriptures. And we don't devote ourselves to the worship of God. And we're surprised that we have anxiety. We're surprised that we are without peace. There's this great, uh, it's kind of a preacher's story, and I'm sure that you guys have heard it at least one time. Um, I don't know if I've told it here before, um, but I'm sure that you guys have, have heard it before, but I'm going to say it anyway because it makes, makes my point. It's, uh, it's about a man who lives in this town, and a big hurricane comes through, and it begins flooding the town. Have you heard this story before? And the water's rising up, and it's about to his waste, and he prays to God. He says, God, I want you to save me. And God says, you know what? I'm going to save you. I'm going to save you. And the man says, great. Soon a guy in a canoe comes rowing past. He's like, hey, buddy, hop in the canoe. I'll take you to safety. And the guy's like, no, 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 it's okay. God's going to save me. Okay. And he paddles away. Then a couple guys, pretty soon the water's up to his neck, and a couple guys in a fishing boat come by. They're like, hey, buddy, come into the boat. We'll take you to safety. And he goes, no, 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 it's okay. God's going to save me. Okay. And so they drive away. And soon the water's up to the rooftops and up at the peaks, and the guy's holding on to the chimney, and the water's right at his neck, and the Coast Guard comes down with a helicopter, and they throw the ladder down, and they say, hey, buddy, grab the ladder. We're going to take you to safety. He says, no, it's okay. God's going to save me. Coast Guard flies away. Well, it doesn't end well for the man, and he drowns. And he goes, and he meets Jesus, and Jesus says, why are you here? The man says, well, you said that you were going to save me, and you didn't. And Jesus said to him, I sent a man in a canoe. I sent a couple of guys in a fishing boat. And I sent the Coast Guard in a helicopter. What more did you want? We're like that man. We have anxiety and hurry and pressure in our life. And we're wondering, God, why do I feel so stressed out? 
Why am I in such a hurry? Why do I not have peace? And God says, I've given you prayer, I've given you scripture, and I've given you worship. What more do you want? What are you waiting for? Prayer, scripture, and worship ought to be the organizing principle of our lives. Because this is the place where God has promised, I'm here. I will meet you and I will give you peace. I will give you joy. I will give you patience. And so, these are our principles. We prioritize God speaking to us through prayer, scripture, and worship. And whatever we do, as we are sent out into our hobbies then, as we are sent out into our career, we do everything in the name of Jesus, informed by the primary thing, the most important thing in our life. But you know what this means, though. It means that you're going to have to say no to some things. And it means that you may miss out on some opportunities. You may miss out on that uh, promotion at work because you're not willing to work every evening like your coworker is. It means you may miss out on making some income because you weren't willing to hustle as much or to make as many sales because you were prioritizing spending time with your family and praying with them and reading scripture with them and going to worship with them. It may mean that you have to say no to some activities because they're on you know, Sunday morning and there's no way that you can both go to worship that weekend and do that thing. And so you have to say, sorry, I can't be a part of that. It may mean that you have to sit on the bench instead of starting the game because you're not going to go to the optional Sunday morning practice. Sometimes we have to say no to things. Sometimes we have to make sacrifices because this is the place that God has said, I'm here. This is the soup line. This is the place that God promises to give us peace. Prayer, scripture, and worship. And the whole reason that we're talking about this, the whole reason that we're having this conversation is because I want you guys, I want all of you to experience the peace of Christ. I want all of you to experience the joy of Christ. There's this great verse at the beginning of Colossians that I think says it very well. This is from the first chapter of Colossians, verse 16. For in Christ, all things in heaven and on earth were created, things visible and in invisible. All things have been created through him and for him. We were made for Jesus. We find abundant life in Jesus. We find abundant life nowhere else. And my desire, the whole reason I'm a pastor, the whole reason I'm here at this place is so that you all can know Jesus as your king, as your savior, and as your friend. Because he loves you and he has given himself for you. And it is only in him that we can find abundant life. It's only in him that we can find peace and joy. That's why he needs to be the organizing principle of our life. Because all the other things, they're temporary. All the other things, they're not going to go with us to the grave. But when our name is written in the book of life, Jesus is going to know us and we are going to know him forever. And peace will rule our hearts.